0: Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: Listen to you, move your mouth, I bet you come way down side. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you from the town that I love, best Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good.
0: to talk money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. Talk Money is about stocks, bonds, retirement planning, estate planning, insurance planning, everything financial. That's Talk Money. Our guests bring their insights and perspectives about their topics of expertise. You know, the stock stock market extends its record run again. Investors wonder, how is it going to end? Well, October the 19th is the 30th anniversary of the biggest one-day stock market drop in Wall Street, History. We celebrated that this week, and now the Dow is trading at an all-time high and enjoying a bull run that began nearly nine years ago. Can the 1987-style market crash happen again? Can Can we see a repeat of that? Most would say the stock market stands on a much stronger foundation today, and of course making another crash like that. Almost unlikely or totally unlikely, and the reality is, but we have to keep in mind... Volume is low, so we'll find out today in today's program more about what the future holds. Memphis, of course, is in the running for the home, the HQ two of Amazon, the headquarters for Amazon. That speaks of jobs, jobs, and more jobs. Deadline was the nineteenth of this past past week. We'll find out more, according to you know, soon. We hope, and we hope that we come in first in that particular run. That would be living longer today. That's what we're doing. Life expectancy at birth for an American has increased 6.9 years over the last 40 years. I'm feeling it. I think I've added those 6.9 years, and I'm running hard at it. Life expectancy at birth is increasing one year every six years. 15% of our population is 65 years or older, ranging, of course, Florida is leading the pack at 19%. And, of course, the one that is lowest, and I would have never guessed this, is Utah at only 11% of its population. Is at that magic age of sixty-five or older? Well, that's kind of some information to keep you, you know, kind of posted of what's going on with our country's demographics. Today's program is going to talk to you specifically about the market, loaded with market forecasting. Can we trust the market? Are we going to see a nineteen eighty-seven again? Well, you know, we're going to find out. Is tax reform actually driving? The market. We're going to find that out from Rusty Leonard. He's the CEO of, Steu- of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. He's our guest, along with, of course, a very frequent guest person here, guy that does a great job, Keith Quinn, the director of investments at Shoemaker Financial. He's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that we need to be very sensitive to behavioral mistakes. Rusty Leonard will talk about the market, and, of course, Keith will add to that. But, boy, you don't want to miss the second half because behavioral mistakes is what cost us money when we're making investments. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
0: are available in the iTunes Store. Just search... Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more
1: Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the You will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law and probate needs. It's what we do.
2: Dave,
3: what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave 2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave 2037. So he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman, something cool like that. I think Dave 2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
1: You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org.
4: That's feedthepig.org.
0: Hey, Let's just hope Steve
3: 2037
0: doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You're listening to Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, this uh, portion of Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, probate, and planning for all generations. That is the Bailey Law Firm. Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. My guests today, Keith Quinn and Rusty Leonard. Rusty Leonard is, of course, the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, a frequent guest of ours. Rusty, welcome to the program, sir.
5: Hey, always great to be with you, Jim.
2: I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for taking your time. I know you're a busy individual, but I've got questions for you. And I think Keith and I have been kind of bantering around here. We, we don't want to give Mr. Trump a lot of the credit, but we also don't say that he's totally the blame for anything that's going on. So if, if we look at this stock market where it is today, what do you think as far as the prospects and benefits that Mr. Trump could get? And then I want to talk about tax reform. What do you think?
5: Well, obviously, uh, the benefits from his policies are being showing up in the market. Uh, you know, pe- businesses are just more, much more optimistic about the future because they don't seem themselves being hamstrung by government. And so uh, even though his many of his policies have yet to be enacted from an economic perspective, a lot of the regulatory uh, benefits, I think, have shown through to, uh, to businesses. And you've seen the stock market rise every single month on a total return basis since he's been elected. And that's pretty extraordinary. It would be hard to say that he doesn't get a little bit of credit for that.
2: Well, I I think probably you're right that there is that mindset. Now, here's a thought for you, though. We haven't you know it's going to be this moment of where the tax reform he's talking about it but we had something to happen this past uh, this past week on October the 19th we celebrated 30th the 30th year of the 1987 crash i've actually read some places in the journal and some other economic news that says you know hey we're there again we could see this happening Uh, And yet most people say, nope, not a chance. And there's some reasons. Give me your thoughts on the 1987. That's the 30-year-ago, the anniversary of the one-day big crash.
5: Yeah, 22.6%. I remember that day. I lived it. And (laughs) uh, I was there and saw it. It's not one you forget very quickly. (laughs) No, no, you Uh, don't. Sure. uh, Sure. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, one of the things that was going on at that time was that the Fed had just started to raise interest rates and uh, get more on the tightening bias, which, again, is what exactly what they're doing now. Valuations were quite high, and so there was concern that you know the market might crack. But actually, that day, nothing happened. There was nothing of great import that would cause – that would trigger a collapse of 22%. And uh, when the history books have been written, most people attribute the, the collapse to the um, portfo- what is known as portfolio insurance, which uh, many institutions uh, recognized that the market was high and, and they were sold a bill of goods by uh, various vendors out there that if they, if they bought this portfolio insurance, which was just uh, derivative securities that would supposedly protect them uh, on the downside that everything would be great if the market suddenly sold off. Well. They sold that portfolio insurance to so many people that uh, they all tried to get out at the same time, and that's how you ended up with a 22.6% decline on no news. Nothing actually happened that was negative that day of any consequence. But, you know, nothing that should have sent the stock market down 22%. And, of course, the, the market recovered from that and closed the year in, in positive territory up about 2%, I think. So it was really kind of a, a crazy thing, but we are facing similar circumstances just raising rates, valuations are very high, lots of derivative securities out there, which nobody can quite be sure what the, um, you know, what the impact of those would be if everybody decided to run at the same time. People piled into uh, passive funds and ETFs uh, that if all of a sudden the markets start to fall. They might, they're not used to that. They might panic and, and sell. So there's some of the same criteria there. But we do have other systems in place that would break uh, such a fall off. I don't see, I could see over a course of a week or something that we might fall five to eight percent. Uh, if you know some of these things went off, but I can't see that 22.6 percent happening again. I, that that was a once in a lifetime deal, and a very unique set of circumstances. So I don't think we would see that. In fact, I would actually argue that right now the market could use a five to eight percent decline just to be healthy for a longer term. You know, move higher. Right now it's getting very extended.
2: It might be just to the point what you're talking about. It just kind of be somebody would say, okay, it's kind of like letting a little bit of the pressure off and let it rebuild right. itself from that standpoint. That makes a lot of sense. I know, Keith, you actually calculated a 22.6% crash today, a one-day crash, would be how many points?
3: Right, so we always think in terms of percentages, but points on the Dow, if we're at Dow 23,000, 5,200 points, so 5,000 <laughs> points on the Dow. I think that would get people's attention That would today.
2: definitely get some people's attention. Tax reform, uh, Rusty, I mean, you know, there, we, we actually see some things pass last night. Are, are we going to, is that what the market's, believing or i know you and i talk a lot of you know think about and i know we talk about the fact that there is this economic growth there is the earnings growth we're seeing positive and you're right there there's this mindset from business that it's all good but are we are we so sensitive to tax reform that if it doesn't pass that it could really harm the market or your take on on what does tax reform mean
5: well, I, I just wrote my quarterly commentary for the third quarter, and the, one of the titles uh, of it was, uh, it's a nothing matters market. So no matter what happens, the market just seems to creep higher by about 15 or 20 basis points a day, <laughs> and uh, there's no volatility. Nobody cares about anything. Uh, so and, and people who are, are negative on the market will argue that uh, you know this, this tax reform has been discounted. You know, in a positive way by the stock market, you know, 15 or 20 times already, even though it's never, not even occurred yet. So, my guess would be that if we didn't get tax reform, uh, there would be, you know, the market would have a setback. It seems like it, uh, it's kind of assumed that it's going to happen. I'm not, I'm pretty sure that it'll happen as well to some degree. It's just a question of how big of an impact it will have. Uh, while the numbers are being thrown around are quite large, um, Goldman Sachs did a little bit of an analysis and they basically said it will do, you know, or add about, 02 percent uh, to GDP in 2019 and uh, 2018, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. Nothing, nothing dramatic. It's helpful, you know. It's better. Corporate earnings will be higher as, as, as a result, and maybe it would help stave off a, a recession that might otherwise uh, appear. But um, you know, it's not, it's not huge. It's not as gigantic as one would be led led to believe by some of the you know trillions of dollars that the. President Trump throws around. These are big numbers, but we also have a huge economy. And so the, uh, the relative impact is perhaps not going to be as great as advertised.
2: That's a great point. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Keith Quinn. Our guest today, Rusty Leonard, he is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, a frequent guest of ours, bringing us some economic update and some investing update. I mean, Keith, you were talking earlier about the global market and right. how we've seen global, I mean, things move.
3: Well, absolutely. And Rusty, that's one of the questions we wanted to ask you. You know, we've seen that improvement here in the U.S., but how are we looking globally? And is that kind of supporting the growth story that we're seeing here in the U.S.? And is that, you know, something that we haven't seen over the last, you know, eight or nine years of the recovery?
5: Yeah, you know that that recovery has been a that eight or nine year recovery has been one spotty recovery, very absolutely, slow, as we know, and then uh, hasn't hasn't felt you know like anything to celebrate. But all of a sudden, it's moving into that you know faster and synchronized mode. So uh, m- much of the last eight to nine years, we were always worried that Europe was about to fall into a uh, another. 2008-type situation because their banking system is so fragile. It's right. still much more fragile than ours, but it's improved, and the economy over there has improved. And right around the world, if you take the top 10 largest economies, every single one of them has a positive uh, manufacturing growth right now, which is highly correlated with overall GDP growth. And uh, that kind of synchronization around the world is unusual. And so it's it's pretty strong, and it's getting stronger. Uh, you know, It's not... It's not so strong that it's causing interest rates to flare higher and, you know, kind of end it prematurely. It's kind of it's an accelerating uh, global economic growth from a slow and low base. So it's moving more towards kind of a normal uh, type of growth. We're not into the abnormally fast growth yet. So it may have some legs, and there's no reason to believe at this point in time that it doesn't have legs. And, that you know, we might say we might continue to see, um, you know, the. The economies of the world just in a real sweet spot. You know, there's no other way of describing it than it's in a sweet spot where you have low inflation and uh, pretty good growth.
3: And, Jim, I think, you know, and I think it was actually Bob Dahl that had said that, and I think Rusty's describing exactly what he was talking about, Mm. the Goldilocks economy. You know, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. We're not growing fast enough to, you know, force the Fed to make any moves that might cut off the recovery. And and I think, again, we're in a pretty good spot right now.
2: Well, I like what he's saying, and I think it's important that as we think about it, that there is this mindset that things are moving along, but not so fast that we need to get so concerned about that. Well, I guess my question then is—is—I is to though—is do you look at fourth quarter? I mean, Keith and I always think about okay, is fourth quarter because historically fourth, fourth quarter has been great, been good. Do you see that continuing, Rusty? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty bullish on the rest of the year.
5: Well, um, I said in my commentary that I mentioned earlier, I said, these are the times to try investment managers' souls. <laughs> you, have that, you have that great backdrop, right?
3: The John Paul that's Jones the, of investment managers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> you
5: have that great backdrop of stronger economy, stronger corporate earnings, and seasonal strength. It's almost a guarantee. You know, it's not quite a guarantee, but almost a guarantee.
2: Almost, yeah. Quarter, yeah.
5: Stock prices will go higher. Uh, um, but behind, on the other side of that, is the stock market that's shown to be an extremely levels on a variety of short-term technical and other measures, so in terms of consumer sentiment or ridiculously low levels of uh, volatility in the market relative strength indexes all those things are extremes and all indicating that you know it's a time for caution and I guess what I uh, what I wouldn't be surprised about is if we had a setback sometime in you know the next few weeks uh, that kind of calms some of those those factors those market measures down to get them back into a more normal territory and then perhaps you end the year stronger after that but uh, don't be surprised if you get a little kick in the gut sometime between now and uh, Thanksgiving.
3: Well, I, you know, and, and it seems like Jim and we talk about this all the time that it that it's got to happen except that we've been saying that
2: all summer. <laughs> that, you know, in the next couple of weeks we're going to and, and we
3: just haven't had
2: it. But I like yeah. what he said. It I makes the investment so. manager and I guess uh, can I say a little nervous, you know? I mean, I think that's pretty much what he's saying. Rusty, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's there's a lot of good things going on, but you're it just you'd have to deal with reality. There is that sense of okay, it, it's tough when you look at all the things going on, but we're we're poised, and so I guess, can I say that? Am I saying it right, or yeah. do you want to correct me?
5: Yeah, No, absolutely. The market is poised for setback, uh, and it has been, as, as Keith referred to, for quite some time. And so the longer it doesn't happen, the more the spring gets coiled, so that it actually, you know, really pops. Every
3: out. day brings <laughs> us one day closer. That's,
5: but now, you know, guys, wait a happen. minute. It, <laughs> it, it will happen. That's right. No. It's not a, All no right. Will,
2: I get it. Yeah. It will happen. No question. But but do, how do we how do we think through that? I mean, now now let's make sure that we. Tie this together because I think there's this mindset, and I pr- appreciate the fact that we're all saying the same thing. There, the spring is coiled; it every day gets a little tighter, a little tighter. So it is going to come about, no question. But right. do we get caught <laughs> up in it? And do, I mean, is it no? A, yeah, is it a five no, percent correction? Get, is it a complete it's downturn? Normal. It's what? It's, it's completely normal. In fact, that's the key word
5: Keep everybody's keep their heads stri- uh, straight. The, uh, we started off, talk, started off today talking about the uh, 30 years ago with the 22.6% uh, decline in, in a single day. If you had uh, bought at the end of that day instead of sold like everybody else was doing right, and held on to the S&P 500 in the ensuing 30 years, you'd be up 2,000%. 2,
3: 2,000%. 2, <laughs> I like it.
5: <laughs>
3: so that,
5: that's the fact you ought to really be holding on to. A 5 or 8% correction, who cares? Yeah. You want to hold for the long term. Stay in the right stocks. Don't don't be knocked around, you know, emotionally by you know whatever they're yelling at you on the uh, computer or television.
2: Oh, screen. I know. That's Stay what's going on, on long term. Yeah,
5: and you'll you'll do very very well for your What
2: about bonds? Are, are they in a bubble? I mean, the, you know, you got trillions of dollars in foreign government bonds, still kind of in a negative uh, return, negative years yields. I mean, it seems like I mean we talked about that, Keith. That there seems to be maybe some kind of a bubble with bonds. Your thoughts?
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to say when 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 seven trillion or so of uh, government bonds around the world are are yielding negative, negative interest rates. In right. other words, uh, in other words, the government borrows money from you and then requires <laughs> you to pay them. privilege of it still makes money. me but, laugh. That's just crazy. Uh, that's a bubble. I mean, that's <laughs> the definition of a bubble. Yep. So uh, so there is. Uh, you, that's just weird and ridiculous <laughs> and stupid, and it'll it, it too will be corrected at some point in time. Uh, whether it happens slowly or quickly, you know, one doesn't know. I would think slowly is more likely because this is a market that is really controlled by the central banks and they're pretty powerful entities out there. Yeah, they
2: can, they're making they can yeah.
5: they can let off the uh the accelerator at the right speed so that they don't cause too much of a market disruption. But there's always some risk that you know something comes in from left field that nobody was anticipating and upsets that up part in a more uh, dangerous way, and and if that were to happen, it would upset. If the bond market all of a sudden, you know, was interest rates were racing higher, uh, that would cause repercussions throughout all the financial markets. The world.
2: So and with the with interest rates being under control at this point, we seem not to have that big of a problem. Is that what you're saying? Right, okay.
5: right. With in- inflation, you know, the worry about inflation is it's not high enough. Not that it's right. High That's right.
2: That's right. right. Yeah. Good point. Which is. Which is really kind of weird
5: because you know we have pretty
2: full employment, and yeah.
5: uh, you would think that you would have wage inflation causing inflation around the world, but we're not we're not seeing that yet. And until we see it, there's not a whole lot of reason to get too worked up about uh, you know these things. But if inflation, there, there are some early signs of inflation maybe on a, on the horizon, so you need to keep an eye on that because that could change policy very quickly, and, and it could cause the central banks to get you know much more aggressive on the tightening end of the equation, which would have definite market. Applications. But Again,
2: not today. Well, that's uh, <laughs> if you just tuned in, our guest Rusty Leonard, CFA, founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, a frequent guest, and we're going to come back and I, we're going to kind of dive into cryptocurrencies. That cryptocurrencies? sounds like you know something. I mean, that's uh, but you know, Bitcoin is taking a lot of uh, public knowledge right now, a lot of a lot of press. And, it is uh, getting an awful lot of press, I, I, and,
3: and it's interesting. And, and again, it's something that I think we probably unfairly discounted when it first came out. Well, yeah.
2: So we've got to figure it out. And he'll, we'll get some wisdom from the a guy RSC's that knows, and that's the key. And the second half of the program, behavioral mistakes. Keith's going to dive into some very fundamentals tying into what uh, we've been listening to from Rusty Leonard. So stay with us. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990, FM 107.9, talk radio for the Mid-South. This is Talk Money.
0: The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services Incorporated or Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this you're listening to talk money securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securian financial services incorporated member finra sipc shoemaker financial is independently owned and operated neither Securian financial services incorporated nor shoemaker financial are affiliated with rusty leonard or stewardship partners investment council incorporated and now here's your host jim shoemaker
2: Coming up in the second half of the program, we've got Keith Quinn. We're going to dive into some investor behavioral, uh, you know, mistakes that we make. I mean, we're just going to go through the basic fundamentals that – We do this all the time, and Keith's going to kind of peel it back for us and dive in and say, here's some things to avoid and things that you shouldn't be doing. And he's going to help us guide us through. He's going to help us get through that whole thought process. Uh, If you're an investor, what do you do or what do you not do? That's what Keith's going to talk about in just a few moments. Right now, we're talking with Rusty Leonard, founder and president of CEO and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. And before we went to the break, Keith, you and I were talking about Possibly looking at this thing called cryptocurrencies. Right. I want to get it from the source.
3: Absolutely. And we want to see, Rusty, you know, what do you think about this? It's something that, you know, again, is getting more and more press. And people, I don't think, realize how big, you know, this uh, phenomenon has become. Of course, Bitcoin is the best-known cryptocurrency. And I would say that we are not in any way making an investment recommendation for Bitcoin. But the market cap of Bitcoin, I've recently read, had surpassed $100 billion, which makes it larger than Goldman Sachs. So, Rusty, what's going on with this? Is it legit? And it's something that that we should be thinking about as investors?
5: You know, I wish I wish I was uh confident in my answer, but uh it's it's certainly when something gets above 100 billion dollars in this world, you have to give it some legitimacy, right? right? <laughs> uh, it's a comp- <laughs> it's a complex uh complex situation, most people can't really understand it. Um and it, and I don't think we have time here to try to help people understand it, but basically uh you know, uh, over 100 billion, you got to give it some degree of uh believability. Now, at the same time, I would urge everybody listening not to fall for any of this cryptocurrency stuff if there'll be plenty of time to play with it don't play with it right now because it's a hotbed of speculation right and there's all kinds of new cryptocurrencies Bitcoin is one thing which is the the first and the, the largest but there's a whole like every week it seems like there's some somebody trying to invent some knockoff of Bitcoin and uh, those are complete speculative bubbles, and some of them are already blowing up. So uh, you know, if somebody calls you on the phone and says oh, you got the latest uh, cryptocurrency deal for you, you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow, you just hang up the phone and run away. <laughs> so that would be, be my, uh, my advice to people at this stage of the game. But the Bitcoin thing may very well uh, continue for much, much longer. And uh, the reason is it, it brings a degree of safety to financial transactions. It can't be found uh, otherwise, and so that's
3: uh, that's part of what's what it's about. Right. The the blockchain technology that Bitcoin is based on, and again, we don't have time to get into the details, but there's some legitimacy to that, and some some real uh, uh, commercial applications, I think, for it.
5: Yeah, and they're being put in place as we speak. Already. Absolutely. So uh, whether whether it's Bitcoin or or blockchain in some other form, those technologies are going to be uh, be certainly going to be tested very heavily and and by legitimate companies, and probably will become. Uh, a basis for you know reality for many years to
2: come Again, we want to remind everybody we are not either making a recommendation for or against cryptocurrencies or the Bitcoin as an individual, but just discussing it because it is a question that we get, and uh, I think it's appropriate for us to do that. And, and Rusty appreciate-
3: said it perfectly, and yeah. it's one of the things that we're going to say on our behavioral mistakes. Don't mistake speculating for investing, and this is definitely speculating, <laughs> not investing.
2: Great, great, great point. Yep. All right, let's, let's kind of summarize, because we have covered an enormous amount. We always do with Rusty. I mean, it just it's like we dive in. I mean we get immersed in I would in what's love going. to do a day with Rusty. If we had eight hours we might get through some <laughs> we of We could get through some of it. That's great. But Rusty, what you've talked about, and I think it's just three basic fundamentals. You talked about good economic growth, strong prospects of for corporate earnings. We're looking at a fourth quarter that should be just as good as we've had the rest of the year. And positive seasonal influences. I mean, this is the year end. We you know, we see that in retail sales and everything else. So the fourth quarter Looks like we should finish pretty strong, and you know, ride this wave. I mean, and again, I appreciate what we talked about. The spring's tight, but right. that would right. not be bad. That's a, pro- a very positive thing if we had that. So, what's your opinion? What's the bottom line, Rusty? Give us a summary.
5: Well, uh, so those things that you just said are all very true. Uh, the markets, though, are somewhat priced for per- per- for perfection. Excuse me, priced for perfection, and therefore. Uh, you got to be aware that you may get kicked in the gut here somewhere along the way in the fourth quarter, uh, or maybe it's early next year. Or, you know, no one knows exactly when, but the markets are reflecting a lot of this good stuff we've already talked about, and they just need to settle down for a little while. Uh, and it may just mean that it goes sidewards it may not it may mean that the market doesn 't go down it may just go sidewards for a while and then all those market internal things that we look at will kind of come come back into a range that 's acceptable and uh then we 'll move higher from there but uh, don 't be surprised if you get if there is a little kick in the gut just don 't overreact to it. Uh, know that the overall picture is looking pretty good right now, and uh, things should bounce back pretty nicely. Now, there's always a chance that something out of the blue comes—you know, nuclear war with North Korea or something like that—that that changes everything, and you have to re-, re-, re reevaluate at that point in time. But um, even there, North Korea has a, an economy that's one third the size of Ethiopia's. This is a, a meaningless <laughs> meaningless event from a global economic perspective if, uh, if that town kind of gets wiped out. So. Yeah, you know, we may recover from something like any kind of war with them very quickly too.
2: Right. Well, I think it's a great point, Keith. Do you have to summarize?
3: No, I, I think that's great. You know, I think as, as you know, as Rusty said, we're seeing a lot of things that, that are kinda of saying the market. I love that phrase and I even wrote that down I'm gonna use that price for perfection, and if you don't get perfection, then that could be, you know, perceived by the market as as a bad thing, but perceived in the short term. And I think Rusty's exactly right, and it reminds me of the pullback of, of the Brexit vote last year. Really quick, really severe, yeah. but you bounce back immediately within yeah. the next week. And I, I think yeah. that's what we're likely to see.
2: You know what I hear us talking about, and I think listeners need to gather this around what we're talking about. Rusty's a professional. You and I do this every day and, and the point is we don't, you know, we anticipate a correction. We live with that. But it's not something that we're going to run to the mountains and, you know, get away from. it. It's just something. It's a natural thing. The spring may pop for a while, but as you said with the Brexit, it does. It, it happens. And uh, bottom line is, you know, we just move on.
3: Rusty said it right. It's normal. Normal.
2: Exactly. Rusty, yes. you got the closing comments, man.
3: Well, all I would say is enjoy your, uh, your
5: year-end. Thanksgiving is coming. We have much to be grateful for. Amen. And so let's all give thanks and uh, enjoy the Christmas season for uh, all it represents. And uh, whether the market goes up, down, or sidewards, doesn't much matter. Enjoy your life. And uh, in the long run,
3: the market does tend to go higher, and you'll be blessed if you're... Amen. And in the long, long run, you can't take it with you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's right. Exactly right. You just tuned in. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to, we've been listening to Randy, Rusty, Randy, Rusty (laughs) Leonard. You know, I'm thinking about three things. Rusty Leonard, he is the founder and president and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. Keith Wynn will be with us when we come back. We're going to talk about behavioral mistakes. Rusty, thank you so much, sir. Have a great day. We appreciate you so much.
5: Yep, always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks, Rusty.
2: This is Talk Money. We'll be right back after this.
0: Have a question you'd like answered on the program? Email talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this.
4: Though he is most famous for his very public part in the Scopes trial in Dayton, Tennessee, which concluded his life in 1925, William Jennings Bryan made a lasting impression on many aspects of American civil life and on the shape of our cultural landscape. Devout, populist, and progressive, Bryan was known as the Great Commoner for his faith in the collective wisdom of the American people. During his run for president in 1896, Bryan set the standard for future campaigns, delivering over 500 speeches across the nation while the other candidates stayed home and was the first presidential candidate to campaign in a car. Though he never won the presidency, his efforts were rewarded by his appointment as Secretary of State under President Wilson. After resigning from this post in 1915, Ryan remained publicly active and campaigned vigorously for women's suffrage, which was passed as a constitutional amendment five years later. The phrase, he kept the faith, is his epitaph. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial
0: you're listening to talk money neither asset allocation nor diversification guarantee against loss They are methods used to manage risk investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested and now here's your host jim shoemaker
2: And welcome back. You're listening to Talk Money, my guest, Keith Quinn. We've been enjoying a conversation with Rusty Leonard about what he sees for the fourth quarter. And, you know, Keith, he always does a great job for us. Rusty does. Gets us great information. One of the things that we're talking about, and and I wanted to kind of set this up for you, because behavioral mistakes are real. And, 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 you know, people that are in the investment world – we we get caught up we just, and, and so behavioral mistakes are something that we have to talk about now we would like to think that as professionals that do this all the time that we're above these but we're not we're not we have to pay attention to them but what i want the listeners to understand we're telling you these so that you know what they are so that you can decide, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to allow my professional to help me do this and know what to do. One of the biggest problems that we see all the time is two things, over-diversification or the opposite of that, under-diversification. Absolutely. Explain that, Keith.
3: Right. So when we say diversification, you know, that sounds like a good thing. You want to diversify your portfolio, right? It lowers your risk. Uh, but when you think about over-diversification, and we even have a term for it that we call de <laughs> uh, it, it can go too far. And An example is if you have someone that potentially, let's say you're investing your retirement account. And you invest it every year at the same time, and you pick an investment that's performed well over the last year, and that's the investment you buy. Not necessarily a bad strategy, although I would never recommend buying what has been the best performer over the last year, necessarily. You you need to look a little bit deeper. But what that could end up with is you buy several different investments that are essentially the same. So while you think that you have different investments, that you've diversified your portfolio, in essence, you haven't. And what you end up with is you basically own the stock market. And if you're just going to own the stock market, and we look at the S&P 500 as a a measure of the stock market, then it's all about cost. You just want to own it as cheaply as you possibly can. So over uh is a real threat if you don't pay attention to what you own. It's always important to know what you own in your portfolio.
2: Now, we're talking about behavioral mistakes.
3: Behavioral. So this is human nature that we make these. These are not you know technical numbers. This is not the stuff we were talking about with the economy and Rusty and it's, earnings it's and things like that. This
2: is just human nature. Everyday walk life type right. stuff. Right. Okay. One of the things that we talk about a lot of here is fear and greed. Fear and greed. The and two sides of the coin. <laughs> euphoria might be the side euphoria? of greed. And Absolutely. panic. I mean, I, the anxiety. 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 So how do you deal with that? How do you manage that?
3: Well, so you think about uh, euphoria, right? And the euphoria, and I I read recently, and it was a great way to, to, to describe it, the complete loss of an adult sense of danger. Uh, euphoria, it just The market can't go down. <laughs> I got and, it. And, you know, if you were just investing, and this is your first experience with investing, was 2017, you might think that because the market hasn't really gone down. We haven't even had a 5% pullback this well, if
2: year. Well, you, if, you if you started investing in 2010, you might you think that. You might think
3: that. You know, it's been uh, you know 260% or whatever we've earned uh, since the lows in, of March 9th of 2009. It's been pretty much straight up in the U.S. especially. Uh, so you can get this idea that, you know, it can only go up, and you don't need to diversify your portfolio. Leo. And the only concern you have when you get euphoric is you're not getting a big enough return, that you're concerned with what your neighbor's getting. He's getting more return than you are. You don't own tech stocks, so you haven't gotten the 30% return this year, so you're going to put all of your money into tech stocks because you know that's the way and it's going to And we're not go.
2: recommending tech and stocks. And we're
3: absolutely reasons. not recommending that. Just,
2: but you're talking about it, that's I'm what, talking
3: about that's what euphoria would lead you to do, and that also leads you back to what you mentioned before, to be under-diversified. So now you've narrowed your portfolio down because you're euphoric about growth. You think, Amazon. Amazon's going to go nowhere but up. And again, I'm not recommending you buy Amazon. Uh, Then you get a portfolio that's narrowed down to one idea. And if your portfolio is narrowed down to one idea, now you've brought in a ton of risk. Because if you only have one idea, it only takes one bullet to kill you.
2: One bullet to kill you. That's a great point. Now, I love the term adult sense of danger. You've <laughs> lost that adult sense of danger. But now on the other side of that, it's fear. I mean, panic. 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 So talk about that. Because that, to me, can be enormously dangerous, especially, I think Rusty even mentioned it, You know, some enormous percentage of growth since the 30th year ago when we had the Absolutely. big deal. And people just fear and quit and move on. The thousands
3: of percentile. And, and panic comes from a couple things, I think. Uh, number one, it's not managing the euphoria. So if you get euphoric and then something bad happens, like Rusty had said about the market being priced for perfection, if you don't get perfection and that causes you to pull back, the same way with euphoria. If you think the market can go nowhere but up, and all of a sudden you get, as Rusty said, a normal ten percent correction, yeah. then that could cause you to panic. We also saw that in two thousand and eight. You know, we talk about that a lot. The S and P five hundred peaked to trough was down fifty seven percent. A lot of people panicked out of the market. They made an emotional decision. They basically made this decision because of one key thing, Jim, and it's what we always come back to. And it is the only thing that you have to hold on to to be a successful, and listen to this word carefully, a successful lifetime investor. To be a successful lifetime investor, you have to have faith in the future. You have to know that, you know, we will get past this. 2008 was terrible. It was a global financial crisis. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. Guess what? We got past that. And we now are at an all time high. All time high. The market does the market go down? Always does it always come back? Yes. Has it always gone on to set a new high? Yes. In fact, it set new highs what the day before yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so you know, <laughs> and it's just one of these fundamentals. Fundamental faith in the future. Don't get caught up in the short term. You noise. know,
2: we're investing in the great companies of America. The great, great companies, companies America. of the world. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we have to keep going. Whether I mean, not, you've named a few, but don't have to name them. Just just think, <clears throat> we buy from them. We we drive them. We live. them. Them. I mean, it is what we do, and that's what we're investing in when you're investing in the market. And you either have to understand that with your tying it together, the right. faith of the future, or you just simply go back and put it in a tin can and bury it in the backyard and forget it. That's Absolutely. Line.
3: And get you know, and, and we have the mindset that we're investing in the stock market, which sounds scary, and yes. it sounds like it's a rigged game,
2: G- gambling. It's I've gambling, it, yeah, gambling,
3: right? But we've also seen a study that said if you hold stocks, U.S. large cap stocks, for 15 years, the probability of you having a positive return, if you'll hold them for 15 years, is 99.5%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's gambling. No,
2: <laughs> Not, no I don't gamble, and I don't <laughs> no. think I want to start. All right, we're talking about behavioral, investor behavioral mistakes uh, with Keith Quinn. Keith, I know a lot of people sometimes, and I heard this the other day, this is a person that actually asked me the question, they were going to make an investment. Right. They didn't have the money, and it was somebody was offering them something, a great opportunity, you know, a big deal. And so all of a sudden, he was going to borrow this money uh, to to make the investment. I mean, it was a whole mindset. I mean, he really, he really kind of – I mean, I was listening to him. I'm thinking, I can't believe he's asking. This guy's smart. This guy's right. you know, not somebody coming off the street. This guy's smart, and he's got counselors that are smart. And yet he was literally telling me he's going to borrow the money to make the investment. Now, when we come back, I want you to tell us why that does not make sense. Yeah, that's a dangerous one. That's a dangerous one. So if you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and we're talking with Keith Quinn about behavioral mistakes. One of them is borrowing money to invest. Stay with us. This is Talk Money.
0: you're listening to Talk Money. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging?
1: Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes. Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest
0: you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation To purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, I'm talking with Keith Quinn. We're talking about investor behavioral mistakes. You know, low volume, low volatility. All that's kind of you're reading it in the paper today. You're hearing it on the five o'clock news, and you're listening to all the pundits that are saying this and this and this and that. Problem is, everybody wants your eyeballs glued to them, and for you to make those mistakes that are so fundamental because you get nervous or somebody said this or whatever. And the bottom line is, you know, thanks. For for listening, but we're trying to give you some good investment in education and advice. Bottom line is mistakes. Mistakes. Behavioral mistakes are what creates all the problem. And Keith this walked through over-diversification, under-diversification. Know the difference. And then greed and fear, two of the biggest emotions that we all deal with, but we have to learn to be disciplined in the investment side of your world and that's not paying attention to the politics don't let the politics get into your investment world just avoid it just don't do it and before we took the break i tossed up the biggie of the individual calling me and saying i want to make this investment i got to borrow money and by the way this wasn't keith a little bit of money this was a lot of money and i mean i mean it was uh, six figures and i'm i'm listening to him and i and i and honestly i kept thinking this is not this is not who it is you know this is somebody else it wasn't now we finally talked him off the cliff and decided that he would go find the money okay cuz he could
3: But but I'm sure it was one of the situations where he was going to borrow at a lower rate than he was going to earn on this great
2: investment. It it was definitely a great investment. Everybody, everybody (laughs) was. And this guy was really not in the position to borrow that kind of money. Right. But all of the guys that were had asked him to invest in it. Absolutely. No question. They all had the money. And if they lost it, they could walk away. He had a lot. He didn't have the money. Had to borrow it. If he lost it, it would be devastating. And yet. And yet, he was serious about doing it.
3: I think you've hit on a couple of great points, Jim. You know, if you can, I, I don't mind speculating if you can afford to walk away if you come away with zero. And that's what you've got you've to embrace if you're speculating. But borrowing money to speculate, oh my gosh, that can be such a slippery slope. And, you know, again, and we talked about this a little bit at the break, but I'd recently read, you know, talking about borrowing money to invest, that it puts you in this situation where a lot of times it leads investors to borrow at exactly the wrong time on totally the wrong terms. And it leads you to buying the wrong things at the wrong time for all the wrong reasons (laughs) reasons. And it comes back to what you said. Fundamentally, it's a greed play. You think you're going to Borrow that money at a lower rate. You're going to earn a higher rate of return, and it's going to be guaranteed, which it's not. Uh, and somehow, you know, you're going to come out on top.
2: I got to try to say that again. Buying the wrong things <laughs> at the wrong times for the wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah, they couldn't big no put no. it any better yeah. than that. That's uh, that lays it out pretty strong. Well, then let me ask you this. I mean, if we're talking about staying away from leverage, right? You know, just again, in fundamentally, what you're really kind of laying out as a big umbrella, it's discipline. It's discipline. It's and making it's- sure that. That you can invest and stay with it for the, long term. for the long term, have a plan, have a long, you know, have some kind of a game plan of what you're trying to do. Let me ask you this. Sometimes people get caught up on the tax side. Absolutely. And they, or they buy, or they get attached you, get you know, they sure. get to, so, oh, I bought, our grandma bought, I got this from my grandfather. He's bought X stock, whatever it is, and I can't sell it. You know? Right. So what, what? how do you help somebody get through that?
3: Yeah, well, I, you know, I think we see that a lot. And there's a couple of reasons you want to hold on to an individual company. You have an emotional attachment to it, and we certainly understand that. But a lot of times you will see people that own a company and the company is down from what they paid for it. And because it's down, that becomes the reason that they own it. The reason they own it is because, their, you know, it's lost money. Mm. Well, that's not a good reason to own a company. So you don't let the tax consequences necessarily dictate your investment decisions. And we always say, you know, you don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. We always consider taxes. Taxes are incredibly important. But you've got to look at taxes in the context of, again, your portfolio, your disciplined, patient approach to investing to hit your lifetime goals. That's what you're focused on, not on the taxes.
2: So so you're talking about taxes, but also, again— what about that emotional side where you're holding on to something? I can get the taxes. Boy, you mean, and so many times people right. say, well, i got to pay so much in taxes if I sell it, so I'm not going to sell it. So they wait till they lose money. They don't have to pay. That's not smart.
3: Or someone that doesn't want to realize a gain. And or, I said,
2: well, maybe if you hold on to it long enough, that gain will go away. You will not have to worry about that. <laughs> That's so true. But now let, me, let me ask you this. What about the emotional attachment? to something like an investment.
3: I I think that's real, but I think that brings us back to, you know, let's have the discipline to invest according to a plan and let's have a plan based on our goals and our time horizon. And If we stick to that plan and we have that discipline, that takes the emotion out of it. And that's what we're trying to do because falling in love with an investment is easy to do. That's something that I'm susceptible to just like everybody else. You put a lot of research in, you understand the management team, think it's a great investment, but again, you've got to be disciplined about this stuff and you've got to stick with your plan and not let emotions get into it.
2: Talk about the plan for just a second. There's a lot of things that go into it. We've just got a few seconds left, but what about the plan?
3: So the plan is the key thing, right? The portfolio is the servant of a plan. A portfolio does not exist just out there, uh, you know, without a goal. So if you have a goal and a time horizon, that dictates your portfolio and that is what you're trying to accomplish. And when you're thinking about a plan, typically you're thinking in terms of years, if not decades, and that gives you the ability to be patient when, as Rusty said, the market inevitably corrects. And when it corrects, you just just live through it. You, you, you don't even blink if you have a long-term time horizon because you know it's, as Rusty said again, it's normal. That's you know, why we get the long-term returns in stocks because of the volatility that we have to put up with.
2: I guess if we could get that across to our listeners today, we've accomplished something.
3: Absolutely. That is the single most important thing. Don't worry when the market falls because it will fall.
2: But But you're going to.
3: expect it. It's normal to. When you look down at your account statement and it's down, it's very real, it's very emotional, but you just have to back up and think. Have stocks dropped? Yes. Have they always gone and set new highs? Yes. Does the economy look great? Yes.
2: Well, that's the benefit of having a professional Keith Quinn, Director of Investments at Shoemaker Financial. If you'd like to talk to anybody at the office, but especially to Keith, just call him at 757-5757, and you can talk to him. Just ask him some questions. It's always important to do that. My producer and board operator today is Gil Worth. Guest and content coordination. As always, Miss Frances Fortner, production assistant Eleanor Moscovich, compliance officer Tommy Armstrong does a great job. Mid-South History Moment is read by Rebecca Brasher and written by Drew Johnson. Of course, Keith Quinn is my guest today, along with Rusty Leonard. It's been a great program. Thank you, Keith, for being with me today. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.